God is good. Amen? Amen. Um, you know, uh, the sermon title today, Living in God's Will, is perfect, really, for um, some of the graduates here um, who um, are, are heading off to uh, new directions, um, because it's important that you uh, listen to God's voice and follow in the ways that He's leading us. Amen? Amen. And uh, I'm excited. There's uh, some really, really good, uh, deep content today that I think will help steer you and um, I know the first service uh, received the word very well. I'm going to encourage you to do the same. Uh, I wanted to let you know, too, next week, um, I, I wanted to give you a heads up because I, I want to be able to talk candidly, and I'm going to be talking about uh, some of the topics that are current events, um, things that are going on in our culture today. I think it's important for the church to be in sync with some of the events that are happening around us, don't you think? And, and so I will be addressing some of the uh, uh, sexual identity stuff next week. Um, I, I will be talking about uh, transgender and how uh, the world is defining how we find our identity. And, and I wonder if God has anything to say about these kind of things. And, you know, does he want us to reject um, that or reject the people? And I, I really, um, I think we need to hear God's heart on it. Amen. And it's important that we process it the right way. I, I will be sharing it in a very candid way. I, I'm going to be PG-13. I'm not going to sin when I talk. Um, but I want to be able to talk candidly. Is that okay? Yes. Uh, so I don't want to worry about the five-year-old, and I don't want to adulterify them by the topics and how I talk about them. So I encourage you, if you have kids, um, young kids, that you uh, get them earmuffs or put them... Uh, you know, or whatever you need to do, uh, because I'm telling you ahead of time that I want to speak candidly on the topic. And, and if you are transgender, I really encourage you to come, uh, because you, you will find that God's Word um, has the real answers for how to find yourself. And, and God wants you to find yourself. Did you know that? And, and I know that the world answer oftentimes is, if you want to find yourself then you have to find out what kind of sex you are because you're not what you think you are and what kind of sex should you have. And I'm telling you, God's answers are deeper and richer than that. Uh, and I tell you right now that the flesh never has the right answers. Uh, the Spirit of God has the right answers. And He knows your soul and He loves you. And He's got a plan for your life. And uh, so I encourage you to come next week and, um, and you will find the Lord's heart here. So uh, today I will do living in God's will. Lord, I ask, Father, that you make this word come alive. Lord, only you can do that. I know that. Lord, we can read scripture till we're blue in the face. It won't help. We need your rhema, your breath, your life, breathing life into it. Lord, your word is living and it's active. Lord, it cuts both ways. It hits us in, in ways that encourage us, that it corrects us, it trains us, rebukes us challenges us, Lord, and it steers us in the right direction. Lord, we want to understand what your will is for our lives. Lord, it's so important. It'll help us so much. Lord, I know the world has all kinds of answers for us of what we should do, what we should be. It has org charts and Excel spreadsheets to tell us what we ought to do and how we should behave. Lord, but your word is life and it's truth. So I pray that you would steer us in this first journey of this chapter, Lord, to show us how to find your will and your purpose. 
I pray that you'd give me wisdom as I speak and I communicate, Lord, um, that I can honor your, um, your voice. And uh, bless all the people here, Lord. You know them. You know the trials and the obstacles and the exciting things that you have for them, Lord, the mixture of the uh, seasons that are in front of me. Lord, meet their needs. Meet the needs of the people. Uh, you, you love people. You care about them. Lord, in such a way that you paid for their sins, Lord, so that they could be restored. Restore us and restore unto us, Lord, the joy of our salvation and the journey that we're on. I know that you have plans to prosper us, to give us hope, to give us a future. We want to see that realized. So be with us now in Jesus' name. If you agree, can you say amen? Amen. amen. Living in God's will. It's, um, I, I want you to know that theologians through the years have uh, broken up the idea of what God's will is in multiple different ways. In a different... Um, Theological circles have emphasized certain things here and certain things there to try to kind of carve it up. Some people break up the will of God into the perfect, the permissive, the you know the the pleasurable sin will of God. And there's all different kinds of possibilities: the perceivable will of God, the decreed will of God, the sovereign will of God. And um, I'm going to break it down into two categories that I think will be the most helpful. Um, and I think all of them fall under these two categories. And I think uh, I like the keep it simple saint method uh, because it keeps you focused. And these two aspects here that I'm going to focus on are really going to help you. If you pay attention, I promise you this will help your life. Um, no matter if you've known God for one minute or you're just getting to know who the Lord is, or you've been walking with the Lord for 30 years. Um, these principles, you know, there's some scriptures that you'll recognize and there's some scriptures that maybe will be new to you. But if we want to live in God's will, these are the two main things. And then I want to make them personal. Um, And so the first one is his sovereign will. Just say God's sovereign will. will. Let's emphasize the word, just say sovereign. 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 In, In that sense, his sovereign will is there's something about the will of God From the beginning of time, remember God is not subject to time. It's hard for us to imagine that because we're living in time. You know, in 10 minutes, I'm going to do this. In another 15 minutes, I'm going to do that. I wonder what I'm going to do in five years. I think of time because I'm subject to it. But do you understand that God is not subject to time? He is outside. Time is is a created thing that he created. So it's hard to understand that because... You know, once upon a time, there was no time, right? And so God is actually, and he he talks about the beginning of time. He says, in the beginning. And then in Einstein's theory, proves that out, E equals mc squared, where your c squared, you know, is the speed of light, you know, with the the mass equals the energy. If you pull out that, you don't have space time. And, And God is not energy, and he's not mass, and he's not subject to time. God is separate from it. Now, we are in it. And God, when he made time and the concept of time and everything that would be within it, there are some things that God decreed or determined that would happen no matter what. It's his sovereign will that this would happen. The fact that he'd made man was his sovereign will. And how many know that man was made? The fact that Christ came to pay for our sins was decreed by God. There is nothing that man could have done about it. 
There's nothing that man could have done to change it. No sin, no death, no nation could have risen up to prevent it to happen because God decreed that it would happen and it happens. I want to say amen. God is powerful. Now, that's his sovereign will. Now, before I get to the command will, let me say a few things more about his sovereign will. It's nice that God has these big, giant things that I know he's going to accomplish. But I want to know the sovereign will in my own life. Amen? Are there sovereign will things for my life that God says, I will absolutely do this? And the answer is yes. There are some things that God will absolutely do. And how many think this might be beneficial to know what those are? So that we know, the reason you have to know these sovereign things about God working in our life, the reason you need to know them, and I need to know them, is because it will give me a peace. I'll go, oh, that's right, God's going to work this out. This is part of his plan. Like one, if you're a believer, God's going to conform you to the image of Christ. That's what he's doing. He is working everything to accomplish that. Now, you might have ups and downs, but God is working toward that goal. And in the end, you will be conformed to the image of Christ. In fact, in the very end, the Bible says that in a twinkling of eye, you'll a twinkling of an eye, uh, you know, one twinkling of an eye, you'll be changed. Boom. Amen. But all along, there'll be a conforming where God is changing you. Not to be a robotic Jesus where you're going to be sitting on a donkey wearing his clothes. We're talking about the character that, that you'll have. God wants you to have the love that he has, the joy that he has, the peace that he has, the goodness that he has, the kindness that he has, the patience that he has. God is conforming that in our lives. Now, his sovereign will, and I'm going to give uh, uh, some good ideas more than I just gave right there. And then there's his command will. So say it with me first, sovereign. sovereign. Now say command. 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 There are some things that God commands. So the sovereign will is that God is in control of all things that come to pass. It doesn't mean we're puppets. It just means that God is, he has a way to control everything un, that in his power that these things will happen no matter what and he's in control of it, all of it. His command will is where he commands things that he wants. Like let's say God says he wants me to be pure. He wants us to be pure in mind. How many know that we're not always pure in mind? But he still wills it. He commands it. He says, this is the, the purity I want you to have in your thinking. This is the kind of love that I want you to hand. He commands this kind of purity. He commands this kind of love, but we still fall short of it. It's not something that just sovereignly is going to happen every moment. It's a command will. He commands these directives of how we ought to behave and that blessings will come as a result of them. But we're in process. There is commands, but they don't always happen exactly like he determines. It's not like his sovereign will. When he says things in sovereignty, that means they're going to happen no matter what. And his command, these are the things that we get an opportunity to look at and, and then to follow and obey so we can see the results. Now, when we fall short of those commands... What's going to happen to us? The sovereign will is going to lead us out. The sovereign will is greater than the command will because it's absolutely going to happen. And when we fall short within the commands that God has, his sovereign power of salvation will give us power to obey the commands. How many say amen? amen. It's, in, it's important to understand that distinction. I know it's a little... Um, 
It can be a little confusing, but hopefully as I go through some of these scriptures, you'll understand. Let's start with letter one. And I have one and two. One will be sovereign will. Two will be the command will. And you'll be able to apply this to your life. On 1A, I'll just talk about the general sovereign will. And then 1B, I'll talk about the sovereign will for me and you personally. So it'll help you better understand that. So let me give you some general sovereign will things. The first one, God's sovereign will. Uh, God, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that was God's sovereign will. He said it would happen thousands of years before, and it absolutely was going to happen. So understand this. The salvation of Jesus Christ coming was your salvation so that you could be with him forever. God predetermined it, and it will happen. How many say amen? Amen. The, the, The salvation of Christ came. That's why Jesus says, I came to save my people from their sins. And God is faithful in it. It says in Acts 2.23, it says, This man, he's talking about Jesus, was handed over to you. He's talking to the Jews who had taken captive of Jesus and he's going to be crucified. It says, or I'm sorry, this is after he's been crucified. And they said, this, hand, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and his foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. In other words, he's saying, you did this evil... But God's plan still worked forward. Isn't that awesome? That e- Do you ever wonder sometimes about your own failings? You go, oh, my failings are so big. And God goes, I'm still going to work my purposes out. Amen? I'm still going to find plans to prosper you. I'm still going to give you healing. I'm still going to work through your mistake. We see it in this scripture too, like it, where Jesus takes the 12 and he tells them, we're going to Jerusalem. And everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. Everyone just say, will be. Jesus isn't saying, man, I hope this happens. I don't know. It's all heading that way. But maybe Herod might stop it or maybe. No, this will happen. Okay? It's going to be fulfilled. He will be delivered to the Gentiles. In other words, the Jews will hand him over to the the Romans. No one, it's not going to just be the Jews' fault. It's going to be everybody's fault. It says they'll mock him, they'll insult him, they'll spit on him, they'll flog him and kill him. Those of you who've seen Passion of the Christ, have seen some of the images. On the third day, he will rise again. That will happen. God's sovereign plan will happen. This is not just a plan for you. It's, it's, it was for me, but it's going to get more personal. But this is God's sovereign plan overall. He absolutely will accomplish it. The what, what he's going to do in the end of the age will absolutely happen. It's his sovereign power. Nothing can stop it. Not Satan, not the world. All the enemies of God can rise up at once and create the supercomputer and it won't work against him. Whatever God is planning will absolutely happen. And that's one of the ways that God proves himself to be God. When God predicts four kingdoms will rise, Daniel predicts it, four kingdoms rose. Exactly like he said. And over the next 1,500 years, it's exactly how history unfolded. No one has done anything like that. And over and over and again, there's almost 4,000 clear prophecies like that that have been fulfilled. Jesus, here we have in Matthew 6, Jesus is facing his own death here. And he falls to the ground and he prays and he, said, and he, he basically asks the Father, he says, Father, if there's, if there's another way around this sovereign will of yours, then let me out of this. And he says, but not what I want. 
Your will is going to happen. It's not my will, it's your will. God's eternal foreordained plan and purpose cannot be thwarted. Okay? And for Herod, it says in Acts 4.27, one more, one more thing on this one. Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus. So he's given this description. They all came against Jesus. He goes, your holy servant, in, in whom you anointed. But everything they did, verse 20, 28, was determined beforehand. Can everyone say beforehand? beforehand. God determined. Well, are you saying that God made Herod wicked? No. How many know that we can have our own wickedness on our own? Herod didn't need God's help to be more wicked. Herod was just Herod. But God predetermined that this would happen so that Jesus Christ would be able to bring about the salvation for all mankind. It's very good news. But it happened beforehand according to your will. Okay? So the sovereign will isn't thwarted by the sins of men. It still goes forward. Now, this next one here in Daniel, I want to just paint a little bit of a picture here because it's important to understand this. When the children of Israel basically abandoned God, they go, you know what? We're going to make our own society. It's going to be much more progressive. We don't need God. That's ancient stuff. So they left and they did a lot what our culture did. They defined their own ways of satisfying and gratifying themselves. And eventually it didn't pay off like they thought it would. And God allowed the kings of Babylon and, and then later Persia to come in and take captivity over them. One of these kings, God says, I put him in charge. I put him in charge. And at one point this king, Nebuchadnezzar, does his own thing. He's basically Nebuchadnezzar. If you want to go to modern-day Babylon, go right to the capital of Iraq now. That, that, that is where Babylon is. Okay? That whole area. But it was a mighty kingdom at that point. And it's, I know that, you know, Saddam Hussein and some in our modern times here felt he was the reincarnation there of, of Nebuchadnezzar. Thought he'd restore the kingdom, but God already says in his word it's not going to be restored. So, sorry, buddy. That's why you end up in a little hole and get in trouble, right? And you get executed in some obscure place because you can't thwart the plans of God. Here he says it's not going to happen, so good luck, right? So, but at this time, he raises up Nebuchadnezzar and he's actually empowering him. He's taking this enemy king <coughs> and he's empowering him, <coughs> excuse me, and he's telling him what to do. And at one point, he gets really selfish, this king. And he's got his, the people, his subjects that he's leading, one of them is Daniel. And Daniel's the one writing this. And Daniel's like, he has the wisdom of God. He, has, he can interpret the dreams and prophecies that, that um, Nebuchadnezzar is having. And at one point, because Nebuchadnezzar isn't doing good for all the people, God tells him, or he, Nebuchadnezzar tells the people, I'm the king. I could do whatever I want. I'm the king. And God says to him, just like the proverb says, God can raise up kings and he can lower them. Did you know that? He can, he, can raise, he can raise you up and he can lower you anytime that he wants. And, and, and Nebuchadnezzar says, no, you can't do that. And he says, Daniel gives him a prophecy. He says, for the next seven years, he says, your, your mind is going to betray you and you will find yourself waking up where you're going to be eating grass in the midst of the forest fields. That you won't even recognize yourself, you great king. 
And he goes, how could this be? And, he, and what happens is he literally becomes like an animal. And, he, and after he discovers this, he goes, he, they restore him back as king and God raises him back up and he goes, this time I'm going to do it God's way. And he makes this long statement. I could have given you the whole thing, but he says, he finally says, all the people of the earth are nothing compared to him. He's not saying God doesn't value people. In fact, this whole thing was done because God values people. He's saying, they don't have, you don't have, I don't have knowledge of what's going to happen five years from now. You don't even know what's going to happen to the stock price, right? Oh, I'm going to buy this stock. It's going to go well. Maybe. And maybe not. Well, they got a lot of capital gains. It's got a lot of strong. It's got industry. It's got a great marketing channel. You still don't know. Stocks go up and stocks go down. Sears used to be all the way up, and now Sears is down. Where's Sears? Where's J.C. Penny? You know, where are some of these companies? They're gone. They're fading. You know, you see companies like Yahoo, Yahoo, Yahoo. <laughs> right? It's like where'd it go? Right? They're, they're re- you, you can't count on anything. And, and he's saying here, the, he says, He does as he pleases among the angels of heaven and among the people of earth. God's sovereign will will happen. This is this king who finally got restored. You know, he went from some semi-dementia to a clear mind. And God, he's speaking basically and saying, I, I, God took me down. And he says, no one can stop him or say to him, what do you mean by doing these things? And and there's never going to be a time in your life where you're going to go to God and say, how dare you do these things? That was wrong. Think about it. I have felt that way. How many have felt that way? I have felt like, God, well, why did you do that? You know I needed this much money. Why did you give me this much money? Now I have to pray more. Lord, I'm trying to build a life that I don't have to pray as much. I just have stuff. How many know exactly what I'm talking about? <laughs> right? And, and, and look, at, look at him when he's speaking, Isaiah speaking here. He says, he says through him, first of all, he says, I am the Lord and there is, no, I'm, there is no other. There is no God besides me. So if you come from a religion, by the way, that says there's going to be more gods, well, this scripture says there won't be over and over again. Right? And, and I know there are religions that say you'll eventually become God. Listen, if the origin of God is man, and man has been an idiot, you don't want the source of God to be an idiot. Amen? Amen. I want a God who's always been God. Amen? Amen. I, I don't want a God who used to be an idiot. That's no good. Okay, this is the God. I spoke. How many are glad you came to church today? Come on. Okay. I spoke. How many have been an idiot before? Good. We don't want you to be God, okay? That job's taken up. All right? Hallelujah. You'd be a terrible God. I'd be a terrible God. Trust me. You'd all be my slaves doing stuff. I'd be nice for the first five years, and some some would trigger, and all of a sudden I'd get in power control, right? Right? I spoke, I saved, I told you what existed long before these false gods appeared on the scene, and you know it, and you know it, you're my witnesses, you're the evidence, God's decree. Yes, I am God. I've always been God, and I will always be God. No one can take anything from me. I make, who can unmake it? If you have NIV, it says, when I act, who can reverse what I I do? 
When God acts, when God is sovereign, listen, I need God's sovereign power to come into my life. And it's already working in my life. Now, just to ask you this question, to be reasonable, be reasonable. If there is a God, now God is good, amen? amen. But I just want to say, if there is a God, He's the potter and we're the clay. God does not the potter have the right to make out of the clay what he wants to make. Just if, if there is God. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, we used to play with Hot Wheels. It's before we had everything in three-dimensional polygons, you know, working in and, you know, super surround. We just had our little Hot Wheels that we'd hook up to our chair and let the little thing go down to the loop, and that was our thrill. I never had the track all of a sudden look at me and go, hey, why am I a track? I'm sorry, man. I just, you were orange and I just laid you out. And, and, and I made, yeah, but how come I'm connected to these other orange things? I just don't like it. Well, I'm super sorry. How come I'm a car? Hey, hold on. I don't want to drive on this track. I want to drive free in the road. Um, you were made to be a, a hot wheel. <laughs> and you were made to be a hot wheel racing track. Now, I'm giving it, it's kind of a terrible example because you can kind of see a spoiled little kid playing with his toys. But thank, <laughs> but thank God that God, when he makes us, and he is the potter, he makes us beautiful in his image. And he deposits the essence of reality, love, perception, to be able to see around. Vision and seeing around you, having a desire for purpose, isn't an evolved thing. It is a thing inbreded into you by God. There's no genetic sequence that makes it. There's no chemical alteration that gives it to you. It is God-given. And that's why you perceive it. You're made in the image. The potter is good, but he has the right with your life to call it to what he decides it's going to be. And God calls you that way. Now, I don't mean churchy. When people think, you know, God's going to determine, solve some of you know, some people imagine the church is going to hand you some assignment. This is what you're called to be, so I answer your calling. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying not, not us. We're saying God. How many believe that God knows you? Amen. And how many know that God called you to stuff? Amen. That he made you for a purpose? Like he made me to be like me. Thank God I get to be me. It's so fun. But thank God I don't, I don't have to be you. Thank God. <laughs> But that's what you think of me, right? Listen, in him, we were also chosen. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I blew it here. God's sovereign will for my life. God's sovereign will is fine and dandy, but I want to know his sovereign will for me personally. Amen? Amen. What's he doing in me? What can I count on him doing in me, in Christ? And here, and here it is, sorry. I, I went to the wrong scripture here. Okay. For it is God who works in you to will. Everyone say will. 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 He works in me to will. He changes my will and he changes my works and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. How many of you, since you became a believer, since the Spirit of God entered into you, how many of you have changed what you want because of God's inner working? Raise your hand high. So God is alive, amen? amen? And one moment you wanted this, 
And now that God's in you, you may have thought you still wanted that. You may have still even played with it. Oh, I think I want that. I still want that. I really want that. And God slowly took away its pizzazz. And he started moving you toward this way. Sometimes God took the same thing you were doing, which was fine, but he, he gave you a new way to look at it. And he changed your heart and he changed your thinking. It says, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purposes of his own will. God is working in us. He has chosen us and he's conforming us to be like the Lord, to find his purpose because that's part of lining up with his own purpose and will. There's a scripture that says, no matter how many promises God has made in the past, they are yes and amen for us now. You want to know God's answer? Yes. You know, and I know people don't parent like this. It's always, no. Can I do this? No. Can I do that, Dad? No. How about this? No. Why don't you just tell your kid and you go, can I do this? And you go, hey, hold on. Before I answer that, come here. You can do this. Yes. And you can do this. Yes. And you can play with this. Yes. Because God has all kinds of things that we can do that are much better for us. And guess what? You start to be faithful with small things and God gives you bigger things. But it all lines up with his purpose. Even salvation. It says, being confident of this, most people know this scripture, if you're a believer, that he who began a good work will carry it unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Will he do this? Absolutely. It's his sovereign will. When you come to Christ, it's his sovereign will to carry it all the way to the end. It's sovereign. It's not a command will. It's a divine will. It's a decreed will. It's a sovereign will of God. That's why there's a peace there. Romans 11.29, when he's talking to the promises of the Jews, which are fulfilled in us as well, grafted into the branches, you know, those are the seed of the New Testament. It says, for God's gifts and his call are, can you say it with me, irrevocable. This is a great word, irreversible, unalterable, unchangeable, immutable, unchanging. You know, no mutation, you know, final, binding, permanent, carved in stone. God's saying, the gifts I've given to you, the call that I have, it's absolute. And, and I'll meet people and they go, oh, I just haven't seen it. You will. Because the gifts and calls of God are irrevocable. God will fulfill his plans in you. Do you want to walk around and go, I don't know if he'll do it or not? Or do you want to walk around going, I know he'll do it? One puts your confidence in yourself. The other one puts your confidence in God. You put your confidence in yourself and you start to live just in the command will of God, you'll miss the divine sovereignty of God. But you won't miss it because God will make it happen. How many say amen? Okay, now, why wouldn't we appreciate the sovereign will of God in our lives? And here's some answers. We don't like being out of control. You, you know, we, we say God's working on your behalf and he's going to make sure that he does these things. I don't know, I want to stay in control. Yeah, because you're so much better for your own life than God is. Think about it. You have more confidence in yourself than God? How can that possibly be? What kind of power do you possibly have? I mean, most people have to put gas in their car. I mean, think about how, what does God think when he could do anything and he sees you at the, you know, at the Phillips station pumping gas? 
This is so I could get around. God's going, I can be everywhere at all times. And then he sees you at the gym and you're trying to bench. And God's going, I have all the power that there is. So who wants to be in charge? The man says, I do. How many want God to have the power in your life? Amen. He's much better at it. You know, we don't hate our repeated sins, so we don't want to give them up. You know, we want to keep them. We don't want to trust God with his ways. We don't enjoy our current trials. So we say, Lord, because sometimes trials seem to prolong. It seems like God is building character. And his will is to conform me to the image of Christ, but I don't like it. How many can relate to this? I don't like it. I'm going, God, like I always want God to give me more money. How many can relate to this? Right? No matter as long as I've been around, you know, it's just like, you know, you get 40 bucks. You go, man, if I had 60 bucks, it'd really be awesome. Right? We don't understand that God is good. That's another reason why people don't trust God. I'll tell them, I go, but God's word says that, and they'll go, oh, I don't know. Well, then I'd stick to your plan because it'll succeed. <laughs> I was telling them, I always tell people who don't, I, I'll give them God's advice, and they won't, I know they won't do it, and I'll just go, I'll see you next year because your trials are going to go just like they're going now. And then when you're sick of them, and you're sick of all the things you're doing, and you're sick of doing it your way, then you'll be like Chris and Amy with their finance trial, where people shared with them, and the word shared with them what's, what was right, and they go, okay, man, we just want to obey God. And God says, okay, I'll take care of it. I, I, I shared with first service because this is so powerful to me. It is, you know, in the Philippines... I was just there. The Clickmans were there with Kevin and Shenna pastoring there, and I met with pastors all over the place there. I was talking to this one pastor who was, we were talking about the slums. And, um, and I, was, I was talking to a man. I go, is this God's plan that they stay in the slums? Because when I was walking through the slums with Kevin, who's just like, a, you know, walking like Jesus Christ through them, I, I, I could see the life in there. And I go, man, there's life in here. God wants to deliver people. It's not just financial. They need freedom. I mean, they're, they're in dire poverty. We have no idea how impoverished they are. It's unbelievable. And, and one of the pastors was saying, I, I said, and I said, I said, do you ever teach them to give? And he goes, oh, no, they can't afford to give. And I said, oh, my gosh. That's why they stay here year after year. Be, because we don't trust God, so we tell them, don't give your money First, don't give your first fruits because you only have five pennies. Keep all five because you need them. It's such, you can, you can trust God. Give the one penny away and you will find 10 tomorrow. God will multiply it. You either believe it or you don't. If you don't believe it, don't deny it. Just say, I don't believe God. That's why I don't give. And some of you absolutely do not believe. Listen, I, I don't, I, Angela will tell you, anyone will tell you, I've never checked tithe records or giving records in our church ever, not once. I know where you are because I watch your life. Because what happens is, is if you're tight and you're afraid, the fear will show up everywhere. Because it's just, absolutely, the first thing I'd go in the slums is I'd teach them how to give. And I want to see that one slum absolutely change the whole nation. 
Because, well, they'll, God will go, watch what I can do. Watch what I can do. Watch what I can do. Anyone who trusts in me will never be put to shame. Amen. That's the scripture. It's a trust. The sovereign promises of God work forward. The command goes out too, and sometimes we fail. But we keep at it. Listen, you may not know that God is good, or you may understand that he is good, but you may not understand that he's on your side. Some people will think, God is good to them, but not to me. And I get it. Sometimes you're going through a hard trial. You know, sometimes you go, man, I just I wish this one door would open. I'm, I'm right with it, with you. One of the reasons I think I picked this scripture was selfishly motivated. I really felt like I needed to study this for myself again. That's what led me here. And, and I, I want to hear what the Lord says, and I believe the Lord led me to the scripture, but there was a great part of me that just said, Lord, I, I need to know where I am right now. But if you know, if you look up there, back here, that God is real, that he's good, is on your side, then his sovereign will should be appreciated. You know he's moving you forward. He's going to bring peace. He's going to bring security. His will should be and would be anticipated. It's going to come. You're in a trial. You're in a struggle. You're wondering when your freedom's going to come. Hope sometimes is you have to wait for it to happen. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews, it says, you know, you know if you already have what you have, then there's no reason for hope. Sometimes hope makes you wait for it. And, and his will can be apprehended, but don't try too hard. That's what I do. God shows me some big promise he's going to do in my life, and I start to try to make it happen to help him out. <laughs> Seriously. It's so pathetic to watch myself do it. It's almost like I wake up like Nebuchadnezzar like a week later, and God goes, well, you wasted a lot of time. And I go... Is there any way that you can yank my throat chain harder to stop me from, you know, it's like I walk with my dog, my little beagle, uh, one of them, Moya, she's a little pretty little beagle, and, and she does not understand that she has to be on this leash, and she does not understand that she is not going to go faster than I'm going. <laughs> so she literally is going, and I got to walk faster around other people just so they don't think I'm choking her to death. <laughs> Seriously, because she's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know what she's thinking, but whatever she wants to go is never where she is. It's like, five yards up ahead is better. <laughs> we get there five yards up ahead where she was looking at, and it's still not good enough. We got to go another five yards. And it never ends with her. Go, go, go. <laughs> Until she starts comparing herself and another dog shows up. <laughs> oh. You want what I have? <clears throat> I have a stupid dog. Listen, either way, it will be accomplished because the sovereign by God. Amen? Amen? Listen, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. That, that, that scripture is so clear about those who love him. Those who love him are the ones that have the spirit. Those are the ones who have the spirit are the ones who believed in Jesus, the righteousness of God. And God works all things according to his purpose. I quoted this before. It's kind of cliche in Christian circles, but I can't ignore it. 
Because he says prophetically through Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. These are personal. The plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God wants to bless us. This is his sovereign will. I'm going to touch on the command will now. There are things that God says that are things that he wants us to do. It's his will. This is the will of how things ought to be. And then he knows that mankind does not follow these. But God's will is driving us toward it. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What's the will of God? Give thanks. Yeah, but things aren't going right. You're just out of the will of God right now. You just fell out of the will of God. Really? Yeah. Not the sovereign will. The sovereign will will continue to move you towards salvation. Do I hear an amen? amen? It'll continue to work, but you're falling out of the command will of God. Give thanks in what circumstances? Does that mean you complain about your boss? No, because you're going to give thanks. But what if you don't have enough money? Give thanks. You know, what if your car broke down on the freeway? Give thanks. And then call AAA. Right? <laughs> right? And you can be on... The, I, I'm telling you, I, this is... The attitude one is probably the biggest ones that Christians fail. And I'll, I'll, talk to, I'll talk to people and I'll just see people just... You know, I can't believe it. And they're sure talking about people. It's like... And then they go, I don't know why I can't find the will of God for my life. Because <laughs> you're not giving thanks in all circumstances. You change that and you will change your life. You, you change that and your life will change. Give thanks in all circumstances. Thank God. I, I tell our staff this all the time because they'll get one situation and it'll just be like, this is negative, let's talk about it. And I go, listen, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, the Bible says think on those things. Let's, if there's a problem, let's deal with it, solve it, do the right action, and then get to what's positive. Because God has something good. Amen? Amen. Okay. Um, here's another one. There's tons of these. By This is the will of God. That you're sanctified. That, that, you, gotta, that you don't just give yourself to all kinds of sexual immorality. That, that, you, that there's a purity in your heart. Even in right sexual relationships, that you have a pure heart. Do I hear amen? amen. It's, it's a will of command. God, you are not always doing this. But the sovereign will of God is still saving you. The sovereign part of God is still sanctifying you. But his command will that gets you there, you're failing it. And then God's sovereign will kicks in and brings you into the command will. Now, how many want the command will for your own life? How many say amen? Amen. Okay, we talked about the sovereign will working in me personally. It's always working me, working for good, working for all the right things. God's bringing me to the right place. I will be with Jesus Christ and I'll be, will be with the Lord forever, unquestioned, unchangeable. Now, how about God's will for my life, command will? Here's one. Take delight in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. How many worshiped this morning? Did God change your desires this morning? Do you feel those desires in your heart? He's going to give those to you. Amen? I went to church and they were singing. Why? We're taking delight in the Lord. Amen? We're getting to know God. To get to know God is to get to know someone who is amazing all the time. That's why it's worship. 
Because God is always amazing. Amen? Amen? So here's some more. Ask and it will be given to you. Ask and what will happen? It'll be given to you. <laughs> so many times Jody jokes with me about this because I'll start doing something and she'll start doing something and then we'll just forget to ask God. You ever do that? You just start doing something and you get, you get one half hour into it, hour, two hours, sometimes a whole day and at the end, nothing's working and you go, oh, it's come down to this, we should pray. <laughs> we're at our last resort. We actually have to talk to God now because we're always trying to build a life that we don't have to talk to God. Lord, just give me the stuff, then I don't need to ask you about anything. Right? Ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. And, and sometimes people will go, yeah, but I did ask. Well, there's another scripture that says, but if you ask, you've got to ask with the right motive. Right? If it's just self-centered, then it won't happen. So you have to make sure it lines up with the word of God. Ask. How many want to ask God? Come on, just ask God. How many have something right now you can ask God? Okay? Let, let, do you have, just, I want to take just 30 seconds. Just, would you just ask God right now? Just say it to him. Just say, Lord, I want to ask this of you. Make sure your heart's right. If you've got some bad motives, just tell him what they are right now. Okay? Just tell him what they are, and then just ask him. Lord, I need you to do this in my heart. I need you to do this in my life. I need you to do this for my son, my daughter. I need you to do this for our relationship. Ask and don't doubt. Don't doubt. Don't say, oh, but he won't do it. Don't doubt whether God is good. Don't doubt whether God's on your side. Just go, God is good. He's going to do this. And ask him and thank him. Thank him. Just say, thank you, Lord. You're going to do this. I praise you in Jesus' name. And I want to say Amen. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me find life and receive favor or grace from the Lord. Blessed are those, this is the command thing. God says, take the time to listen to me. Now, there's a real balance in the scriptures. Because this is saying, wait for me. Wait at the doorstep. Do it on the regular basis. And I come to God all the time with this. I go, Lord, you tell me to wait, and I've been waiting. And not moving very fast. And then on the other hand, he's got the scripture that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I go, Lord, I'm open, but I'm getting sick. I'm getting sick because you're taking too long. It's hope. It's been deferring, deferring, and deferring. And it's kind of like, Lord, how do I wait? Because wait has a double meaning. It, 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 it's, it has a, a meaning, theologians make a strong emphasis here, that it's not just waiting like I'm waiting here, but it's also a waiting that means serving, like a waiter. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm serving Him in the midst of my service of the Lord, in the midst of my waiting for His outcome. I'm hoping. And it's deferred. I'm at the point of getting sick, and I'm saying, Lord, am I looking for the wrong thing? Do I need to be adjusted? Because you're not going to leave me lingering here. But there are some times you're waiting. It's just taking a long time and your heart gets sick. How many relate to it? It's the Proverbs. Hope deferred, the heart's sick. But we still wait on the Lord and trust His timing. Amen? And then there there was one scripture. I, I don't think I have it up there, so forget that scripture for a minute. It says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet 
and a light for my path. Amen? Amen. His, his word. I was with this pastor that I'm mentoring, a younger pastor, and he, he was talking, I was watching him interact with someone from the church, and, and they were asking him, you know, how do I hear God's voice? And he was really trying to, to, to get to how to listen to him, and he was focusing on you know, being quiet and all that stuff. And after he was done, I said, hey, can I, can I give you some, something? And, and he knows you know, we, ha- we have this relationship, so he said, yeah, just tell me, tell me anything. And I said, well, listen. And I said, you should have pointed him to God's word because God's word is always his voice. Someone who can't hear God needs to get in his word. You want, want, you want to hear God for 10 minutes? How many want to hear God for 10 minutes? Why don't you read his word for about 10 minutes today? How many want to hear God for 12 minutes? Anybody? Read God's word for 12 minutes. I am a genius. I don't know if you know this, but I am brilliant. How many want to hear God for just two minutes? Because trust me, like I said before, you don't want to hear God as much as you think you do. (laughs) Because God usually is very loving and concise. A few words from God can take you a long way. You don't need a ton, a ton of words. You know, and I know I love to read to the scriptures and books and stuff like that. Sometimes just a few verses can really pick you up. It's just the right nutrition, right? No, no gluten included, <laughs> right? None of that extra stuff, right? Carbohydrates are complex, right? See, I can read. All right. Now, this one here, and this is my last scripture. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> How many want to find the will of God for your life? Come on. Uh, I've said it. There's the sovereign will of God that works in all things. God's sovereign plan, despite you, but it is because of you. God has plans and things that he's working out. The scripture, the, the servant was that bad? You guys had to leave right in the middle of it? I'm, I'm totally kidding, you guys. <laughs> I'm I know those guys. I'm totally just messing with them. How dare you leave? Gosh. I'm dealing with rejection right now. It's so difficult. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not dealing with rejection. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The funny thing is I crack myself up. That's what's funny. Romans 12.1 says, therefore, in view of God's mercy, why don't you offer yourself like a living sacrifice back? It's not saying, hey, you want to get right with God? Give yourself to God. I've heard it preached that way. It's wrong. What's right is, and because of God giving you everything and all his mercy and his salvation and complete forgiveness of sins and full plan for your life and a righteousness that's from Christ, let me tell you something. Why don't you just give yourself back? That's the best way to do it. And then it says right here in verse 2, it says, don't copy the attitude and patterns of the world. If you have an NIV, it says, don't conform to the patterns. And I'll tell you, don't conform to the patterns of the church world either. Don't conform to the attitude and patterns of the world. Trust me, the world's going to sound right, but it will be wrong. It's usually diametrically opposed to the way of God. 
Not in the way of religiosity, but in just the way it's not understanding the principle. But it says, let God transform you into, say it with me, a new person. A new person. You need, I need to be a new person today. Amen? Not, not just, oh, I was a new person when I came to Christ. No, I'm being made today. It, but it's why by changing the way that I think, conforming, you know, metanoia, there's the Greek word for repentance. It's meta, change, noia, mind or thinking. Metanoia, changing the thinking. That's repentance. This is saying that you need to be changed, not you try to do it. You be changed by God. Let him transform you. Then you, say it with me, will learn. You'll learn to know, say it with me, God's will for me. God's will. Then I'll know when he changes my mind. Which, what's his will like? Let me tell you. You want to know what God's will for you is? It's just simple. His sovereign will is working. His command will is telling you how to ways to get there. But his sovereign will will cover you where your command fails. And it says, his good, and it's pleasing, and it's perfect. That's the will for you. That's what God is working out toward you. Everything that he does on your behalf is this way. Don't you want God's will? I hope you do. I hope you recognize it. If not, like the scripture says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And if you can't hear, there's nothing I can do about it. But the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Close your eyes and let you respond. Father, I thank you for your incredible mercy and power. Lord, you are the God who is faithful in all your ways. Lord, we are a people wanting to find your will, and I know it's not easy sometimes because we are not sure what to do, but we trust your sovereignty. And Go ahead, raise your hands and say, I'm going to trust the sovereign will of God in my life. Just raise your hand. Say, Lord, I'm going to trust that you're always working when I see it or not because your sovereign will is good for my life. It's working everything for good. And I trust that. And then now the command will. God commands things that are there to bless you. Walk in these and you'll be blessed. How many say, Lord, increase my ability to walk in your commands so that my love for you will grow? Just raise your hand. Say, Lord, teach me to walk in your commands. Teach me. And I'll tell you, wherever you fail, God's sovereign will will cover over his command will. But when you find it, you'll say, wow, look what the Lord did in my life. And you'll start to see that your mind's been changed, that you're a new person, you're a new creation. If that's you, to say, Lord, that's what I want to be. I want to live in the will of God. I want to find who I am. I want to find where I belong and I want to walk in it in power and I want it for my kids Lord I want it for my family I want it for my friends show me how to walk with you and discover these things how many say amen amen I remind you tonight that there is a dinner drama with the young people some great talent we're going to see tonight anybody want to be there I encourage you if you're able to come to be there and God bless you next week again I will be talking about the transgender issue and just sexual identity Um, you bring your kids at your own discretion but I encourage you I, I will not sin in how I communicate but I want to talk candidly okay God bless you how many got something from the Lord today let's thank him can we
Thank you, Lord.